I just want everyone to know that Reggie is like really, really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, and welcome to Brown and Out. Today we're talking to Starkeisha Cobb. How's it going today, Starkeisha? It's going really well. How are you? <sighs> I'm doing well, also. <laughs> um, I'm here recording with you. It is quite literally the highlight of my day. Um, and, spoiler alert, I just picked you up from rehearsal? Rehearsal, yes. For what? fashion show hosted by the black student union at uvm um it's coming up this month february 23rd uh so you know happy black history month (laughs) everyone should come honestly it's a community event um prices times everything like that will be posted on their facebook so that's just uvm black student union you can find it easily right on and you'll be walking the show right i will be owning the show (laughs) pardon my grammar um owning the show and have you participated in other um bsu fashion weeks before um no these past few years i've actually for some reason been busy the day of tryouts every year and now i'm a senior at uvm and this one is the go (laughs) okay um well i'm so happy and for you, and I'm happy for them that they get such talent in their show. They're lucky, <laughs> and I hope that they know that. Um, so why don't you um, tell folks some things that they should know about you? Well, uh, I would say the first thing you need to know is that it took me my entire life to get to five foot one, and I'm very proud of that aspect of my life right now. <laughs> Um, on a serious Congratulations, note. if I may. <laughs> um, I'm happy for your literal growth. <laughs> uh, serious note, my name is Starkey Shakab. As you've mentioned already, I go by Star. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I love everything that has to do with the culture and for a movement. You can catch me at any rally supporting most things that are ethically responsible to support. Um, I would like to, you know, just like give a shout out to my fellow organizers from No Names for Justice. Um, it's a student organization from UVM. We began officially last year. Um, we held several different sit-ins, rallies, organized meetings, protests, everything you can name to get UVM to understand what we needed as students of color. Um, and now we are just trying to continue that movement, trying to add people on. If you're part of the community and want to be a part of our support system, you can also just let me know. Um, my Instagram will be tagged in this post. Hit me up. <laughs> um, our next rally is this month as well. Uh, also hit me up for those details. But that's me. <laughs> I love it. Wonderful. Um, so I know that you're not originally from Vermont. Oh God, no. Um, where are you from originally? I am from Chicago. No, not Chi-Town or Chirac. I am from the South side. Yes. Of Chicago. And I was thriving. (laughs) There. I was thriving there for a hot 
you know, most of my life. And then I came to Vermont simply for school because UVM is a partnership school with my high school, as well as like other partnership schools include places uh, in New York City, Philadelphia, all those like the areas. You know, I need the black people here. I mean, no, no shade, but like we know. <clears throat> so you think that that sort of um, you were recruited in a way? Yes. Yeah. I. I'm also like actually currently writing a paper that is kind of investigating what support systems look like for students of color or students of low income in college settings. Uh, I'm wondering about my own entry into college. And so I know that during high school, I worked my ass off and I was graduated in the top 10% of our class. I graduated with a 4.5 GPA on a 4.0 scale. Um, and I was overly involved in every club, every job, left the house at 6, came home at 11, you know, and then still has to do the chores at the crib, you know. But you get here on campus, and at first, my first semester went really well, and I was, like, thriving, went to class, social life was good, everything was okay. And then, you know, I got woke, and I was like, the fuck am I doing at this school and, like, trying to figure out if I got here because my academics and uh, involvement was good enough to be here, or if I'm here because they thought I look would look good on an admissions poster because I am lighter skinned than some of my friends that came, well, that were in my high school that applied to the school, who also did equally as well in school and like, could perform on their level if they wanted them to. Um, so it's just a lot to figure out right now uh, in terms of how UVM got us here and how they support us while we're here. Um, but yeah, if you want me to unpack it, I can. Yeah, please. Um, <laughs> so right now, I'm trying to figure out if uh, UVM is well is recruiting recruiting people based on you know, the criteria to actually be in college. And then, like, what is the criteria to be in college anymore? Um, It used to be, oh, you're a white male, good for you, go to college. And now it's said to be, like, if you want it, you'll get it, you'll go. And that's still bullshit. Like, people still can't afford to be in school, and, like, the prices keep rising, loans keep going up. Um, People's comfort in their school is always on a decline, I think the only reason that I'm still at UVM right now is because UVM is just so bad at uh, everything. So it gives me an opportunity with my fellow student leaders to rally together and try to change the culture of UVM um, to make it better for the students that come after us. And I think that's like a really important thing to do. I think that if you are in a position of power or in a position that you're doing successful right now and you're doing that for you, I think that you have your priorities messed up and shifted around a little. Not to say that you shouldn't be proud for your positioning because everyone should be proud. Like whether you worked your ass off to get there or your parents, you know, got you there, there ain't no shade. Congratulations. But you should always be using your position to help other people. And that's what I'm trying to do. 
honestly, when it comes to UVM and like what you can say and what you can't say is something that my mother has had a problem with since I started my student activism my first year. She's always like, you can't tell your professor that you can't do this assignment, can't come to class because this person died and like, um, oh, because I'm too black for this energy right now and everything like that because what happens in the future, like what happens to your future career? And I think that if protesters only live in the mindset of like what happens to me, then nothing will ever get accomplished, honestly. So I'm gonna say what I said and we'll see where it goes. (laughs) And so your mother Mm. um, (laughs) has some thoughts about your life as as mothers do. Mm -hmm. Um, Is she overall supportive though, would you say? She is supportive in the movement Mm -hmm. and in the power that it holds and what it looks like for people who come after me. Um, As a first-generation student, um, she just, like, couldn't, you know, help me with this process of transitioning into the college world, what it was going to look like to be the only black person in the room of white people, what that would feel like, how I would have to change my mannerisms and... uh, everything like that around for them and so like I don't think she just like fully understands what goes on and I do understand it like parents being uh scared for their children's well-being when they get into this type of thing because just last year UVM was well UVM covered up a threat that was made to the black student population of the school when a white student Um, yelled in the library that he was going to shoot all of the black students on campus in reaction to all of our movements that we were having, all of our education that we're giving to people from histories that we took hours of our own time to look up so everyone else can be on the same page. And UVM issued a statement just saying, oh, there was some threats made to a population and just, like, buried it. But we know Hello, who do they think we are? We are going to find out the truth of the situation. And I remember the day that we all actually found out who said what. And I was on Central Campus. I was on my way to class. And the message from our friends uh, at the university just said that, um, well, basically what I just said, that this person was shooting black people, well, that said they were going to shoot black people. Everyone needed to be careful on campus. Everyone should probably go home. Everything like that. And there is nothing more heartbreaking than to have to call home. And Chicago is so far away from here. And, like, my family hasn't visited Vermont still because it's just so far and it's so expensive to get here. To call home in the middle of the day. Be like, hey, so people are trying to, like, shoot on campus. Everything like that. And have everybody say, oh, you need to go home. You need to go home right now. I'm not playing. Do not make me on the plane to come get you, to take you home. I will come there, and I will drag you out myself. Everything like that, and, like, that energy to, like, try to talk to them and, like, calm them down and, like, diffuse the situation when you yourself are absolutely terrified of being on the campus. And, you know, it's it's crazy because that stuff just happens around – every college campus and no one really wants to talk about it people want to talk about 
um, oh, we're so inclusive, we're so accepting, do you see the black people that we have at our school and everything like that, and we have these programs. And I will give you that they do have a few um, minority populations at UVM where they're set up in support and um, unity and things like that, and that's all good and well, but when it really comes down to it, you're just putting the people of color on the mics to speak up when you fucked up. And you want to have them be like, oh, actually you're safe here, everything like that. We know, like, we got you, this, that, and other, and that, like, UVM is going to hurt you when they are. And I feel conflicted by this, like, whole situation to begin with because I want to, like, the... What we have is called the Mosaic Center um, for students of color. I want to like that center. I want to like what it represents and what it could hold for us. But on one hand, it's just like having an abusive parent. And you run to the other parent to shield you from the one that is hitting you or hurting you in some type of way. And nothing really changes. They console you, they get your cookies, they tuck you in, everything like that. And then what happens the next day? The same thing happens again, and we're supposed to go back to them and tell them our problems and tell them what we need help with. And that's not fair for it to be their problem to deal with this situation. But, like, if they don't, then who will? Who's going to address these situations? Who's going to talk to the professors who are still very racist in classes? Who's going to talk to the students when the professor won't, allow you to call them out during discussions like how are we going to make anything better really when it's all on the weight of the people who are being bullied to advocate for themselves to save themselves in the situations and you know I just they're just failing at a lot of things right now truthfully well y'all Look, first of all, I think that everyone needs to pull up their Google right now and look up uh, UVM um, No Names for Justice. You can search NNJ uh, for short, and you will see all of our rallies, all of our pictures, all of the newspapers, um, news TV channels, all of those things that recorded us, wrote about us, interviewed us, everything, and in that information, we can articulate so clearly exactly what we need, exactly what our demands are, exactly how we know that they can handle the situation. I feel like that's what makes this 10 times worse is that we are doing endless research, endless like, this is what this school does, this is how it worked out, this is what this school does. We're doing all of this scientific fucking research, not getting credit for it, not getting paid for it. Last year, we... Um, stop going to class. We were hungry. We were tired. We were crying all the time. We were fighting within the group because we were all just so frustrated that people weren't getting the simple things that we were saying. Like, if we're giving you all of this on a platter, why not take that, you know, as proof? We're giving you all of the links that we, like, found all this information from, everything like that, and then you're looking at us saying that you don't know what we're talking about. That doesn't exist. The university is currently looking for a new president. Uh, Tom Sullivan will be stepping down um, at the end of this year. Tom Sullivan refused to speak to No Names for Justice the entire year 
of our movements in public. I did say in public. We met in private meetings where he also had people speaking for him. I think that he is just a puppet at this point. Um, I think that what makes it worse is when people in power don't notice the injustice that goes on around them. Like, at the very fucking least, you know, slave owners knew what the fuck they were doing wrong, you know? They peeped that shit. They knew. They kept going. Like, (laughs) fucking respect that shit a little bit because they fucking knew. This president didn't even fucking know that there was a cakewalk sign in the UVM library glorifying the entire movement. If you don't know what the cakewalk is, you can look it up also on that Google page. Um, The cakewalk was an event that happened every um, Winterfest held by sororities and fraternities on campus. And it was when these sororities and fraternities would dress up uh, and throw minstrel strows and all kinds of other disrespectful ass shit. And they just thought it was, like, absolutely fine. Like, there wasn't black students that happened to be on campus, nothing like that. Professors, staff, faculty also participated in this shit. And here we are, years later, and I don't want to say, like, oh, my God, it was so long ago, because that's bullshit. Um, It was just a few years ago, if you really want to get down to it, and we still have people calling into uh, UVM's alumni um, donations thing, saying that they refuse to donate to the school unless they bring back cakewalk, all of these different things. Like, they think that, oh, we're in Vermont, everything is so happy, we're peaceful, everything is good. That's not true. It's not true at all. This state is founded on people who live in the middle of fucking nowhere, who don't bother to learn anything about other people, who don't want to grow, who don't want to see justice. They don't want to see any of that. They want to live in their little heads and their little lives. And it's just frustrating because it's it doesn't even have to be a violent process of learning. It's just not even that deep. All you have to do is listen to what we're saying. Okay, understand, move on from there. But apparently it's just not even that easy for people to just listen. <sighs> now let's talk about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so my thing is that this this protest, this movement that started with the killing of several black and brown people and their mothers coming together just to ask for even the smallest thing ever just that they matter you know not that they matter more nothing like that there was no comparison in that statement just that they matter but here you go with all these people not all lives matter yes okay and we're saying that black lives matter we're just focusing on ourselves right now and i don't understand when corny ass white people just feel like they just can't take not being the center of attention for a hot-ass second. Relax. Man, look, we need to also address white feminism because I know a lot of y'all that listen to this podcast is something interesting, so I'm just going to call you out. Um, white feminism is the bane of my fucking existence. It's the reason why a lot of people say that they're not feminists because you sound fucking stupid. Oh, oh, we hate men. We're feminists. Oh, um, 
actually we're focusing on white feminism this is not about your intersectionality we don't actually need the black women at this shoot or if we want them there it's just for the picture really and you can go about your business we won't address the current shoot well the past shoot that I was invited to model for um one of my friends uh worked for the company um and they were having a women's march. This just happened, so I'm sure a lot of you know about it. It's down in it was down in Montpelier, um, and it involved a nude shoot post uh, the rally. Cool, that sounds great. And I understand your search for inclusivity, mm, but <laughs> you gotta chill, honestly, because if your movement is good people will be there like you tell us and we'll be there don't advertise it in a way that's like oh no we need you to be there like at any point like you just need to be there for the picture which is what that energy came off for me personally because I had time conflicts with the the rally itself and I was like oh I'm sorry and everything like that and they're like well can you do the picture it'll be in the paper now don't get me wrong I'm super down and posed for the nudes whenever (laughs) but that was just so extra it was just like un it was unnecessary (sighs) feminism intersectionality what does it mean really um i would say that my personal definition of intersectionality is understanding that people have an and in their identities and so I would say at every rally when I was introducing myself again to the supporters, to um, the naysayers, to everyone who was there, I would introduce myself like, hey, I'm sorry if you didn't know yet. Um, I use these pronouns. I wanted to remind everybody that this is not only our fight. This is the fight for people who come after us. Uh, continuing the five people who came before us because we have to play, play, <laughs> pay homage to everyone that came before us that sat through this bullshit so we could be here because you did so I could, you know? Um, and I would also mention that, yes, our protests right now are focusing on the lives of students of color, but you have to remember that these students of color are also black and um, Hispanic and women and and my personal distaste of white feminism is that it forces you to say I'm a woman and and like go from there and I think that that energy is the reason why I started identifying with the they them pronouns because I don't understand how someone could be so self-righteous and and call themselves women and I don't think that I ever, like, really fit into the box of what I thought women were, women are supposed to be, um, things like that. And I'm just stressed. Stressed everywhere. So. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you for being honest about being stressed. That's all I got. That's all I got going. <laughs> um. You mentioned being a first-generation college student. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go um, a bit more into, uh, I guess, what your expectations were like around the college experience versus the reality? Also, maybe just um, moving from Chicago to Vermont. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yes. So I am first generation. The only one in my immediate family has gone to college, including my older sister um, didn't go. And she's living a great life. She is really thriving right now. Um, but yes, I'm the first person to go. My uh, One of my cousins actually uh, graduated first and then another cousin graduated this past year. And I'm so, so proud of them. Um, but my expectation of college, I was so, so excited. I was thinking it would be parties here and there. I would go to class. I would be challenged on my viewpoints of clothes, of course, and, and that, everything would be. That's all true, though, right? You've never been to a party. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have the tequila with me right now. Ah! Um but yes, I I thought it was gonna be good times and upbeat and all the time just like going, 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 thriving. And I would have a job and I would have friends and like I would be dating these people and like it would be just like an overall great time. And for my first semester, that's what I got. I got that college experience, which I'm like very happy that I got to have it. Um I went to all of my classes. I loved my professors, I loved the material I was learning, I was super engaged and Everything was going so well. And then second semester, shit hit the fans. And my life has been on a steady decline in school from second semester of my first year up until the first semester of my junior year where I decided to, you know, I'm going to get it all together. <laughs> I'm going to go to counseling and shit like that, mm. uh, which is really important to do. Yes, I need it to is. make another appointment. But, Absolutely. you know, here we are. Um, what I got... After first semester was the realization that I need to slow down and I just didn't know how to slow down correctly and so I wasn't going to class. I only had like a, a good social life because I needed to see these people of color. I needed them to feel better about how the like school life was going and I was so frustrated after my first semester because my first class at UVM was a critical race and ethnic studies class. And my professor talk about, talked about race like she was doing laundry. And I was shook. And, you know, I thought it was going to be like, okay because it was an Asian person that was teaching the class. And then, like, you know, we really need to unpack as a society what it means to be a model minority um, and, like, what privilege you hold yourself. And, I'm like, I want to go into that history about how Asian Americans really wanted to be white back when. And so to be white, you had to act white. And acting white at the time meant to be discriminating against other people of color. And that behavior just has not stopped. What you know, the lighter tone, Asian people, is what I've, like, experienced, especially at this university. Because as much as I'm like, oh, people of color, everything like that, all is good stuff, it's not the same. I don't feel the same connection as I do darker people, which, you know, personal bias, like, what does that mean for me? Like, what do I, how do I unpack that in myself? Um, I just watched that really good episode of uh, Blackish, where they talked about colorism, and everyone needs to watch this episode. It was the best thing of my entire life, and I will not lie, I will cry every time I watch this episode. It's just so powerful, and it definitely impacts our community very much so, and in order for us to move forward and move as a unit, we need to acknowledge that the problems that we already have within ourselves. Um, but yes, back to college. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I shout out to Blackish. Um, 
college has been rough, rough, rough. I think that when people say that it's the best four years of your life, I think that they're only remembering these, like, really good moments. Like, you are crossfaded with your close friends, and it's just, like, the right amount, and the dominoes just got there. That's what you remember (laughs) as the best four years of your life. When I look back on last year, I panic so much, and there's so much anxiety centered around it just because of how... It, like, tore myself and other members of No Names for Justice up. Like, we were crying, crying, depressed, not eating. We had to make sure each other um, were taking care of themselves and are, like, actually okay. And, like, you really can't do good for someone else if you're not doing good for yourself. And that practice is the hardest thing to do ever. It's something I still believe. Um but, oh, man, college is awful. Do you, you think it's a combination of the pressure of being... First gen? Oh, yes. Yeah, and plus, you know, the type of um, activism work that you've taken on since being a student. Mm-hmm. Is it like... So, so much pressure. Um, around UVM's campus, I am very, very well known. And... I will be, like, known by people who I don't know or I'm, like, I'm not good at names anymore, honestly. I just don't try uh, anymore. <laughs> um, but it's it's a lot of pressure because I feel like I'm putting myself in a position where if there's something going wrong, then I should be the person that someone can come to to talk about it, mm. to, um, to unpack it, to gather the rally, to put all of the stuff in motion because of my name because of my organization and that's fucking difficult and I also find it difficult because um I feel like when it comes to intersectionality work I'm thought of too to like give some like insight on it and to talk about it speak on it everything like that and that's a lot of pressure too it's like asking someone to speak for their entire race that shit is fucking difficult and yet if we're being honest, every day of college is that. Like, you're asked to represent your entire race, your entire population. Like, we know on our campus that it's a violation for people of color to look chopped. These white people walking around looking a mess. Fucking Burks and socks, stop it. All that is judgment. But for people of color, you're not allowed to walk around with your hair messed up anymore. That's not what we do. You you can't do that. You can't... um, walk weird you can't say the wrong thing you can't listen to the wrong music you are put under this magnifying glass of pressure and our life is pressure the entire four years or five years that we're here and it really does build up and boil over and it it makes people snap and I understand why some people just need to take semesters off sometime because they can't deal with this immense pressure that's going on and I don't even know how to slow down the pressure that I, like, feel, especially um, going back out of this community. So when I'm here, I feel validated as a person of color, validated that I'm black, um, all of those different things, and, like, definitely got that box checked off. When I go home, or even when I went to Italy this past Thanksgiving, I came there, I met some guys that were from the States, um, and that live in Italy now, and 
they were talking to me and they were like, why are you talking like that? Um, what are you listening to? Why are you saying that slang? Aren't you supposed to say this? You're from Chirac, right? All of those different things and like what it means to be black is also just another level of pressure that we do not have time for at school. So I feel like it's pressure everywhere. And I like want my fellow people of like students of color to be able to step out of their comfort and to experience all of these different things that they weren't given access to where they're from, at least for some of them, um, and not be ridiculed for doing those things here. And I feel like that is one thing that our community actually does well here. We're like very supportive, uh, or at least like willing to listen, willing to understand what pronouns mean, willing to do all of these different things within our community itself. I cannot say the same for the rest of the UVM population. I've had countless encounters where I had to like sit down and like go around and circle and like introduce yourself. Oh, say your pronouns, all of that type of stuff like that. And they're like, what is a pronoun? And I'll give it to you. When I first came here, I didn't understand what was going on. Um, but you know, seniors, juniors, even sophomores, you've been here for a while now. Step it up. You need to know what the fuck is going on. You need to not still have this energy and I understand freedom of speech while we're on the topic but also I think that UVM needs to figure out what kind of school it's trying to be because it seems to be trying to have this research institution and we're like super up class and everything like that but everything in here is fucking trash so what what's really good like what's really going on y'all hippy dippy shit like that everyone smokes weed it's all peaceful no, it's not. It's not chill. We're not having a time. There's two faces to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we portray and what we are doing are two very, very different things. And it's really upsetting. And, like, I'm sometimes really upset at myself for the role I play in these situations because I was an orientation leader for two years. And that's two summers that I stayed with these first years was super excited to greet them, everything like that, and, like, show them around UVM, tell them about us, what we do, what, what's, what's good, what's, like, all these different things like that. And I regret every day, not, like, during our social justice meeting that we have um, right before the party that happens at orientation, um, I regret every fucking day of not sitting them down instead of talking about their personal experience is telling exactly what they're getting into at this university, where they should stand on these issues, educate them on these processes and things like that. But at the time, I was thinking, what about my job? What if one of these students has a problem with something I said? Tell a boss, fire, tell parent, school sued. I don't have time for that shit. I'm not paying for that. So... You fall in line and you do what you got to do to, you know, protect yourself and to move on. And I think that the hardest thing for me is figuring out when the times are to do either of those things, you know. So. Man, what a time. Um, how does Vermont compare to Chicago? It doesn't. I think that... Chicago is a lot colder than Vermont. Vermont just happens to have snow now. Um, 
Song is the most inconvenient thing in the fucking world. I also hate snow. Like I, I, I don't do skiing. I don't do snowboarding. That's all beyond me. Um, why anyone would purposely go outside and play in some snow is cold. Like you're gonna get sick. What are you doing? And the fucking fashion of the whole situation is disgusting. They need to wash their fucking hair and stop it. No shade. I hate white. I don't hate white people. no one can see but my crown just fell off um (laughs) any old who uh yeah convenience wise also failing on this side their transportation is the worst thing that i've ever experienced my entire life either I am overly early to something, or I'm going to be very, very, very late taking public transportation. It's just, like, not fair because I don't drive. <laughs> and you didn't have to drive in Chicago. And so here we are with that. Their fashion is horrible here. People aren't even trying at this point. And I don't even understand that. How can you leave your house on purpose and look like that? For what? I know that life is not a runway. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, But I don't know You should dress for yourself Make yourself feel better And I guess if Looking crunchy is your feel better Then by all means But Just know I'm judging you <laughs> Noted But yeah um, Food Not existent um, Also food mm. Can we please address the fact that the uh, Jamaican food truck still has not been added into the truck stop? What's up with that? I hate that I like show up to that stupid ass event and still have to go outside of the like food area to cross the street to get these food. They're great. They're great people. Also at UVM, there is a, a row of food trucks that is out there during the semesters and like during the the week they're still not there like i don't know that they've been waiting for this damn thing like permit to like come through for forever don't nobody want three different fucking chinese trucks all that shit smells bad no tea no shade i'm just saying we need better options yeah that's my take how about dating in Vermont? <laughs> dating. Dating. Um, if we're being honest with ourselves, I think that the energy of hookup culture here is burning red. And the only people I like actually see in relationships are white people who just like start dating each other. I also feel like interpersonal violence is a very big thing in this community. Um and, like, abusive relationships are just very prevalent on, on campus life, especially. Um, I don't think that any of us are, che- like, any of them are treating each other healthily. Um, and so it just seems like a bunch of, I'll fuck them, them, tomorrow, today, next week. I'm not really looking for anything serious, blah, blah, blah. But I need you to also hold all of this emotional baggage. Thanks, boo. So I don't know what it what the energy is with people being avoidant of relationships, but I think that's a nationwide situation right now. Um, an epidemic that we need to address. I personally am 
polyamorous and I just think that it's an easier way to live because you can't honestly rely on one person to address all of your emotional needs, address all of your physical needs, um, support you in this way, support you in that way, have this in common, all that stuff. That's what, that's all that pressure that I put on the other person is just too much. Now I have been and will continue to be in different forms of monogamous relationships, but it's all about that balance. And I feel like it's, even if people, um, are interested in relationship life here, they don't know how to really go about it healthily. So they need some education around that. Also use protection, people. Thanks. <laughs> Why do you hate citrus? First of all, citrus smells really, really, really bad. It smells like diabetes. My younger sister has, um, oh, my younger sibling, sorry about that, um, has diabetes, and they've had it since they were uh younger and we found out and we thought they were, they were just sick um so you know when you're sick you're given orange juice if you want it like if you're like offered it at home and everything like that brought them to the hospital nurse was immediately like i know what's wrong like you can't smell the sugar and everything like that and like apparently like when it gets really bad you can just smell like your body just seeps with the smell of sugar and it's disgusting so i i just don't like it I also don't like mimosas. I don't like champagne either. I'll drink, though. So hit me up. Slide in those DMs. <laughs> you drink? I drink, drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like to you? I think it looks like... <sighs> I don't really know. I feel like I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it out and about. I don't see it within places. I feel like when it comes to, like, the Queer Student Union on campus, all of these different places, like, all of these people are like, oh, I'm so gay, everything like that. I identify as this, that, and the other. I'm a bird, fairy princess. Cool. But I don't necessarily still feel welcomed in those spaces. And if I am, I feel like I have to be something different than what I am to be there. You feel me? Are they predominantly white spaces? Yeah. Every place is just fucking predominantly white. It's stressful. And it is hard here at this university primarily because you're trying to be that first person that joins this club, that joins this sorority, that joins this fraternity because you want your people to see that they can join. Everything like that. But I'm tired of being the first of and everything like that. It's difficult and it's stressful and it is sickening to always have to be that person in that uncomfortable ass position because someone else hasn't. Like someone has to do it. And I feel like that energy is what UVM has been for myself and for a lot of uh, my friends having to be the first of. Like I gotta do it so this person can. Like a lot of trying to be who did it first? You know? When do you feel most brown and out? I feel most brown and out when I am in a space for queer people of color intentionally where we can all 
hang out or we don't have to have this extra baggage on we don't have to act super fabulous if that's not how we actually feel in the moment we don't have to act happy we don't have to pretend to be all these different things just for everyone to know that we're here everyone for them to know that um you know we can make it here we can do all these different things i don't i feel most browning out when i can be relaxed and i can be myself around my people so yeah Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Star. Thank you. 